This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Welcome to a Turn on the Jets digital special presentation. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And I am joined for part two of the countdown of the 20 most important Jets of 2019 by one half of the best tandem on the New York Jets beat over at NJ.com, Mr. Matt Stipulkowski. Matt, what's going on, sir? Hey, you doing, Scott? How's the uh, back half of summer, the lead up to training camp training New Year? So far, so good, Matt, although I'm not going to lie, I could do without these days that are 90 degrees and pure humidity. Uh, yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, not exactly pleasant going outside, which is probably why it's insane that I'm playing golf three or four times between now and training camp. I'm going to go walk around for five hours in the blazing heat for some untold reason, but you know, got to do what you got to do to stay sane right before training camp, kind of get things going again. Listen, if you're ever going to get to the point where you're consistently better than Andy Vasquez, you're going to have to do that four days a week. That's the price you pay, Matt. Yeah, well, unfortunately, I'm doing it with Andy, I think, two of those times. So, uh, you know, I got to play a couple other times on the side to make sure I'm staying sharper than him, too. That's how you do it, man. It's just like training camp. You go in there, you got to practice, and then you go out and you beat out whoever the incumbent is at the position. That's what you got to do. Figure (laughs) Andy's like the incumbent right now, and you're trying to beat him out on the golf scene the way that some of these young guys are going to try and beat out the veterans once training camp begins. And one of those veterans is somebody who's not old, not young per se in terms of football years, but also been banged up a lot. However, he is a very important player. I think he'd probably be higher on your list if he played a different position, and more importantly, if he was healthy more often. And that is Marcus May. We left off at number 13 last week with Daryl Roberts. Marcus May comes in at number 12 on this countdown. Yep, and uh, as you said, I mean, May has been banged up a bunch uh, last year, kind of in and out of the lineup, missed the first few games, then uh, had the broken thumb that he kind of pushed through, and then the shoulder uh, surgery knocked him out late in the year there. So, uh, he was limited to just those six games last season, and he's been limited to seven-on-seven work through the spring. But uh, Adam Gase and the Jets expect him to be full go during training camp, so that is the good news for the Jets. But, uh, you know, he is on this list because of what his potential is and also the potential he could unlock in Jamal Adams, the guy he's playing next to back there. Adams has made no secret about the fact that he loves playing next to May. Those two are a terrific tandem, uh, you know, arguably one of the best in the NFL when they're together and they're clicking on all cylinders. And that's saying something because, I mean, they've only played 22 games together over the last two seasons, but they have that high-end elite potential as a unit when they're back there together. So May is crucial for this team this season, just uh, staying on the field for one. But uh, if he can, you know, get back to the level we all know he can play at and, and even take some steps forward. I mean, he's still a young guy. He's only his third year in the league. If he can make some progress, stay on the field consistently, uh, and you know, just as importantly, keep Jamal Adams comfortable and also operating at a high level, that'll go a long way for this defense. Next up at number 11 is somebody who I think may have to take a dip in the rankings because I'm assuming this was done before the suspension came down, and that's Christopher Herndon. The reason I said he would take a dip is that four-game suspension means he's going to miss 25% of the season, so I'm not sure how high you can rank a guy's importance in those circumstances, but regardless, he is going to be a very key target for Sam Darnold once he's off the suspension, and his growth and Sam Darnold's growth should go hand-in-hand. Yeah, so I did make the uh, ranking before the suspension was announced. Uh, You know, I slotted Herndon in here at 11. We knew he would get some length of suspension, didn't know how long it would be. 
Um, so, yeah, four games obviously hurts his cause a little bit. He's going to miss a quarter of the year, as you mentioned. Uh, but I still think he's a, a vital part of this offense when he's back in there. That's going to be a big hole for the Jets to fill. I mean, they're going to be relying a lot on Eric Tomlinson, Daniel Brown, and Trayvon Wesco to fill that hole for the first four games of the season, unless they manage to go out and make uh, a pickup here, either find someone off the waiver wire, a camp cut, a current free agent. Uh, but one way or another, uh, Herndon and what he does and doesn't provide this season, I think is going to go a long way for this Jets offense. You know, he showed some great chemistry with Sam Darnold last year uh, when both of them were rookies. Uh, the potential for the two of them to kind of grow together, blossom together, and really form a nice partnership uh, could be a big weapon for this offense. As could the fact that, I mean, Hernan is really the only well-rounded tight end that the Jets have on this roster right now. So uh, even if he's only in there for 12 games, in those 12 games, he's going to play a vital role because, you know, you kind of know what you're getting when you trot Eric Tomlinson onto the field, and so do other teams. You know, they know that he's not going to go out there and run a bunch of routes and catch balls. Hernan can keep opposing defenses on their toes a bit more because, uh, you know, he's a unicorn, as Adam Gase would say. He can uh, do get it done in run uh, protect or run blocking. He can do, get it done in pass protection. He can go out and catch the ball as well. He is good in all three phases of the game, which is huge for this Jets offense. Just bringing some balance, adding another uh, target for Darnold, uh, taking some of the pressure off the wide receivers and Le'Veon Bell in the backfield. Uh, so even if he's only out there for 12 games, which we know he will be at this point, uh, those will be 12 big performances from Chris, Chris Herndon. Uh, he's going to have a huge impact on this offense, even if the Jets obviously wish he, they, that they could have him out there for all 16 games instead. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. One guy who is presumably slotted to play all 16 games for the first time in his career is Jonathan Harrison, the center. I would have thought you'd have him a little bit lower, but it is interesting that you slotted him to start the top 10. I guess the thought here is that because the center position was such a problem last year for Darnold, being able to get that back on track would be something that you would have to rank right at the top of the list of concerns and therefore importance. Yeah, that is definitely a big piece of the puzzle here. Uh, I think Harrison and his performance is going to be kind of a linchpin for this team. You know, it, it's going to be one of those turning point things. If he's solid and, you know, at least kind of a, a league average center, 
this offensive line could be pretty good. If he's not, the Jets could have a very, very big problem on their hands. So, uh, you know, what he is able to do this season is going to go a long way in determining how this unit performs, especially because when you look across that unit, I mean, there haven't exactly been a lot of changes. You still have Beecham at left tackle and you still have Shell at right tackle. You still have Winters at right guard. Uh, yes, you do have the new face in Colecchio Semele at left guard there. Uh, but Harrison is one of just two new guys on a unit that, let's be honest, was, uh, we'll call it mediocre last year. I mean, they were inconsistent at best. Uh, they were pretty shoddy up front. So the Jets need to get their offensive line sorted out this year. Uh, new coach Frank Pollock will be part of that, but so too will Harrison. Uh, you know, if all goes well, he could have a huge impact on this team, just getting the offensive line right, getting things organized. Uh, Adam Gates and Sam Donald have, have both spoken highly of his leadership ability, his ability to think things through at the offensive line, help Donald kind of sort things out before the snap. So if he's able to do that consistently and that helps the offense run smoothly, then that'll be, uh, you know, a big asset for them. But, uh, if he is an underwhelming blocker, both in the run and pass games, uh, like some might worry he is, then that could be a big hole for the Jets. So I, I just think uh, his performance is going to you know, go a long way toward determining the ceiling of this Jets offense, and that's a, a big reason why he's in the top 10. Hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hooping with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hooping with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Harrison's performance is going to tell a lot of the tale of the Jets' performance this season, but so will Quincy Inunua, who comes in at number nine. We all know what Quincy Inunua can do when he's healthy. The question becomes, will he be healthy? He's had a bunch of injuries. The Jets showed some faith in him by signing him to a long-term deal, but you still have to be worried about whether or not he can hold up this season. I would imagine that if he wasn't so injury-prone, he'd probably be higher on this list, but number nine's a pretty solid spot here. Uh, yeah, he might be a bit higher on this list if he was in the lineup a bit more consistently. And uh, Gase has talked uh, a little bit, kind of half-jokingly, I guess, but at the same time pretty seriously about the fact that he would kind of like to limit Anunwa's hits that he takes. Uh, you know, he always references the one play against the Dolphins last year where Quincy dragged about six guys across midfield. Uh, and Gase, you know, as, as impressed as he was, he would prefer that his uh, – one of his top wide receivers doesn't open himself up to free shots like that this season. He knows he's going to need a Nuno outside, but uh, one of the big reasons that a was in the top 10 here is just because of kind of the, I mean, we know the potential he has, but he was put in a box a bit last year. I mean, how many times did he catch balls on just screens and quick, uh, quick routes all day long? And that was really the only thing that he was allowed to do for the most part last season in the Jets offense this year, Adam Gase, plans on kind of opening things up a little bit, letting Anunma be a little bit more multiple, uh, you know, letting him run some other routes, kind of prove what he's capable of doing. Uh, and the Jets need to find uh, a top flight wide receiver. That's one of the things that this offense is still missing. They don't have a true number one guy. So, uh, you know, Anunma has an opportunity here to try to, 
sees that role. I don't know if any of us will ever really see him as a true top flight number one guy, but he can at least position himself to be the Jets' top guy on the outside and uh, become a favorite target of Sam Darnold. They had a good chemistry going early in the season last year before uh, Anunwa kind of got banged up there. So uh, if Anunwa can get on track and can take this new expanded role and run with it, the Jets' offense should be a bit more dangerous on the outside this season, and that's going to be a big thing going forward. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk a lot here as we get through some of the more uh, some more of the offensive players from the Jets. But uh, all of these guys kind of go hand in hand. You know, if one guy is performing well, it opens up space for another. So uh, if Anunwa is clicking and him and Darnold are on the same page, and he's able to really take this expanded role and do wonders with it that will uh, have a a nice ripple effect down the line for the Jets offense. And the ripple will be felt on the Jets defensive side of the ball. If Daryl Roberts, who came in at number 13, doesn't perform. And certainly if the guy who comes in at number eight on this countdown, Tremaine Johnson, doesn't perform. He had a really rough season last year. Didn't live up to the big contract that he got. I think it's pretty much universally thought by Jets fans and members of the media, and I'm sure within the locker room and all the way up to the front office and the coaching staff, that Tremaine Johnson has got to get his act together this season. Yeah, the Jets need Tremaine Johnson to be better this year than he was last year. There is no doubt about that. Uh, You know, If you look at some of the underlying numbers last year, Johnson wasn't terrible, but he obviously wasn't even close to the player that the Jets were hoping he would be when they gave him that big contract. So uh, they need more out of him this year, especially because, like you mentioned, Daryl Roberts across the field is a big question mark. Brian Poole, the slot corner, uh, has done some good things in this league, but is a you know a guy on the younger side of things. He's a guy that the Jets kind of picked up on the cheap, so you know the ceiling over there is really only so high. So Johnson needs to be the kind of guy that can shut down an opposing team's top wide receiver, or at least keep him really in check every single week. And uh, for the sake of Greg Williams' defense, that's vitally important, too, because we all know Greg Williams likes to get after the quarterback. He likes to bring blitzes. He likes to get a little exotic. But that puts pressure on the secondary. And the Jets cannot afford to have opposing wide receivers running free, getting open early, and letting opposing quarterbacks get the ball out quickly. If they do that, it is a death sentence because the chains will keep moving, the pressure will never get home, and it's going to be a big problem for the Jets' defense. So, uh, Johnson's ability to kind of latch on to some of those top wide receivers this year, keep them in check, is going to be a big factor for this Jets defense. But there is a bright side, I promise. Uh, Johnson has played with Greg Williams before. They were in uh, St. Louis and L.A. together for a while there, 2012 and then 2014 through 16. And uh, Greg Williams likes to say that Johnson had some of his best years under his tutelage. So, uh, and if you look at the numbers, that is true. I and mean, he did have a seven-interception year in 2015 when Greg Williams was his coach. So uh, if they can rekindle some of that magic, that will be huge for this Jets defense. Uh, not saying that Johnson's going to have seven picks again this year, though I'm sure Jets fans would love that. But uh, if he can at least be you know, a legitimate, bona fide number one cornerback and uh, start to rekindle that shutdown reputation, it'll go a long way for this Jets defense for sure. Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint 
unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Let's move back to the offensive side of the ball for number seven. Not a surprise, somebody who's incredibly important. He's on a one-year audition of sorts because he did sign that one-year restricted tender, and that is Robbie Anderson. He really got cooking with Sam Darnold the last few games of last season, and if he does that again this season, things could be looking real good for the Jets real quick. Yeah, and uh, you know, like I just mentioned with Anunua uh, a minute ago, these things kind of go hand in hand and there's a reason these two guys are pretty close together on the list here. They both have a chance to kind of step up and try to be the Jets top wide receiver. Uh, Nunez was the, the guy early in the season last year. Anderson was the guy late in the year last year. Uh, and just like Nunez, Adam Gase plans on giving Robbie Anderson some more responsibility this year. Both guys last year were frustrated because they felt like they were made one dimensional in the Jets offense. Nunez was kind of the guy that was running a bunch of short routes. Anderson was the guy that was basically just running straight line routes down the sideline most of the day, and that was his pigeonhole. Uh, Adam Gates wants to break those molds this year, let both guys do a bigger variety of things, become more multiple, become more dangerous in a variety of ways. So uh, it is up to them, obviously, how those roles will shake out, how effective they'll be in them. Uh, but Anderson, for what it's worth, is already talking a big game. He mentioned back at the... Uh, Jets uniform release party back in early spring that he thinks he should definitely be a 1,000 yard receiver. He thinks he should be seeing 10 targets a game. Uh, you know, he is believing in himself going into this season. And he said, uh, to us that, you know, he's had those games in this league where he has been dominant for a week, for a couple weeks. He just hasn't done it consistently yet this year. He believes that he's knocking on the door and has a chance to kind of stitch it all together and do it for a full season this year. Obviously, we'll see. But if he does do that, and uh, you know he showed some signs of life last year, him and Darnold picking up the chemistry, if that carries over into this year, and Adam Gase's tutelage, his, you know, being unlocked a little bit, gets Anderson going as well, he absolutely has the potential to become a great wide receiver and a huge weapon for this Jets offense. And if he can be good on the outside, if him and Anuma balance each other out, it just opens things up. Uh, you know, for a bunch of the other targets, it'll take a lot off of Sam Darnold's plate. It'll take a lot of pressure off of Le'Veon Bell's shoulders. And, uh, you know, the ripple effect we mentioned earlier just keeps spreading. So, uh, Robbie Anderson already, uh, talking a big game, but now we just got to see if he can back it up in 2019. One guy who likes to talk a lot and then goes out and backs it up is arguably the Jets' best player, and that is Jamal Adams, the safety. He's coming in at number six on this countdown. I am very curious what went into this ranking. I assume that a lot of it has to do with the fact that he plays safety rather than, say, quarterback or cornerback, right? Yeah, absolutely. That is definitely a big part of this. And don't get me wrong, I I would prefer not to have a bunch of Jets fans in my mentions after this. Jamal Adams is a terrific player. No one's going to dispute that at all. And he is undoubtedly a vital part of this team. Uh, he is probably their most talented player, or at least has been for the last couple of years here. Obviously, Mosley and Bell could shake that up this season. Darnold, if he takes steps forward. There are some guys that would like to try to wrestle that, uh, that tag away from Adams this year, but 
he is undoubtedly one of their best players. He's a huge leader in that locker room. He's a vocal presence. He's also a lead by example guy. So I do not want to diminish any of that. Adams is crucial for this team, no doubt. But there's a big difference between a safety and a linebacker, a safety and a defensive lineman, a safety and a quarterback, obviously. Uh, yes, Adams has shown that he can be very effective on most plays. He'll get in the backfield. His, he'll disrupt things. He'll pick up sacks. He can pick balls off. He can shut down opposing tight ends like Rob Gronkowski last year. You know, he finds ways to make himself valuable, and that is absolutely a skill set. But, uh, you know, it still is safety. It, it's a little bit of a lower leverage position than some of the others around the field, uh, you know, and that's why he is below a couple of guys that you'll we'll get to in a minute here who kind of just get a chance, honestly, to affect the play more often because of where they are on the field. But like I said, not trying to take anything away from Adams here. Cannot, you know, cannot emphasize that enough. Adams is a terrific player. He's going to be a big part of this Jets defense. I'm super curious to see how he fares with Greg Williams as his defensive coordinator, you know, on paper. And just when you, you listen to them speak, I mean, they seem to be a match made in heaven. They could not have more similar vibes, you know, very vocal guys, like to get after it, aggressive to their bones. So uh, I think it's a great match for Adams here. Curious to see how it all plays out. Uh, and he will definitely be a key factor on this Jets defense, but uh, just think there might be one or two guys ahead of him that might be able to make a bigger impact if they're at their best. That's not to say that Adams won't wind up being the guy that makes the biggest impact on defense. I just think there might be one or two guys that have a higher ceiling if things really fall their way. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. The first rookie on this countdown came in at number 19, and that was Ja'Kai Polite. And now the second rookie, and some people may think this is high for somebody that's never stepped on an NFL field yet, but Quinnen Williams, the number three overall pick out of Alabama, the defensive lineman, comes in at number five on your countdown. Anybody that knows me knows you'll get no argument from me here. I think Quinnen Williams is going to be a fantastic player, even from the jump. I know a lot of people are thinking, how much of an impact could a rookie defensive lineman have? I think he can have a pretty big one. And by your ranking him number five, it sounds like you agree. Yeah, and I also think that he just is in a vital spot there because of what he can do to kind of help some of the players around him. This is Leonard Williams, obviously, being the big one there. Uh, but we'll start with Quinn Williams on his own here. I mean, he showed the ability in college to really get some penetration up the middle there, disrupt plays. You know, he is good against the pass. He can get to the quarterback, get sacked. He can get in the backfield, disrupt run plays, just, you know, pick up those TFLs. So that on its own, you know, if he can do some more of that and bring that to the center of this Jets defensive line, it will be a huge addition to this team. They need some more playmaking up front. So, you know, that in in and of itself could be a huge factor. But what he can do to make other guys around him better is also vitally important. I mean, it, you know, kind of the conventional wisdom at this point is that the Jets have upgraded their defensive front, uh, their front seven here. And, you know, for the most part, the personnel is, pretty similar you've got Leonard Williams at defensive end and Henry Anderson at defensive end you've got Jordan Jenkins at outside linebacker and uh most likely I suppose Brandon Copeland for now Ja'Kai Polite obviously you're going to have something to say about that but you know the two outside linebacker spots are relatively similar to last season you've got Avery Williams at linebacker so CJ Mosley really the other guy in that front seven that is the other big change and you know we'll get to him in a minute he's going to be a big uh, impact player as well but you know, if you believe that this Jets defensive line 
is a big upgrade over last year, it's because you think Quinn and Williams is a big upgrade over Steve McClendon. And, uh, you know, that's saying something, you know, Williams obviously has more talent and has, uh, you know, a lot more potential, a higher ceiling than McClendon does. But still, you know, it's a lot to put on a rookie to kind of depend on him to, you know, be the anchor of this off, uh, defensive line and free up some of the guys around him. So, you know, that's another reason why I think he is a crucial part of this Jets defense. And, you know, like we mentioned, kind of taking some uh, of the focus and attention away from Leonard Williams, who's gotten a lot of double teams in recent years. Uh, if other teams are going to have to start shifting some of their focus toward Quinton Williams and away from Leonard Williams, that could have a, a huge impact on Leo, just freeing him up, allowing him to get to the quarterback a bit more often, allowing him to get into the backfield a bit more often. And, uh, you know, we all know this, uh, you know, we always criticize Leonard and other players for the stats, but it's not always the guy uh, that makes the play that's going to be the one picking up the sack. A lot of guy, a lot of the times the guy that does the disruption doesn't wind up getting that tally mark on the stat sheet. So if Quinn Williams can, you know, get a big push and it frees up Anderson and Williams to finish some more sacks and vice versa, uh, you know, that's going to be a huge thing for this Jets defense as well. So uh, I just think there's a, a lot of different ways that Quinn Williams can kind of impact things up front this season, and that's why he's high up there on this list. Since you mentioned C.J. Mosley, let's get to him because he's next on the list at number four. He is the second of three straight new additions to this team that made this list. Of course, Quinn and Williams, a new addition at number five. Mosley at number four. We'll get to number three in a second. But first, talk to me about Mosley coming in at number four on your countdown. Yep. And, uh, you know, we all know Mosley was one of the biggest free agent signings in the league this year. Obviously, you know, in turn, one of the Jets' big splashes. Uh, and he was, you know, the bigger surprise of the two, Le'Veon Bell, uh, people expected that one for a while, or at least, you know, thought it was a strong possibility. We had all seen the stories and the rumors and everything for, you know, basically a full year before that signing, but Mosley was kind of an unexpected free agent. The Ravens let him hit the market and, uh, the Jets managed to get in there and scoop him up. And, you know, they think of him as a guy that's going to really shore up the center of that defense, provide some strength, provide some leadership, help build the culture but uh kind of one of the big questions i have looking at mosley this year uh is you know how much better can he be how much better can he make the jets linebacker core uh you know Avery williamson had a nice 2018 and uh you know not to say that darren lee was going to be an all pro anytime soon but uh williamson and lee you know formed a, a solid i would say partnership you know a, a decent to solid partnership and lee was you know a cheap signing. He would have been about 3.1 million toward the cap this year by getting rid of Lee and bringing in Mosley. Instead, the jets are effectively spending $14.1 million on that linebacker spot now. So uh, basically Mosley cost the jets an extra $11 million against the cap this year. Can he be $11 million better than Lee would have been? You know, that's kind of a, a big thing to ask of someone, but it's going to be, uh, really fascinating to watch all season long. And it's going to be especially fascinating to watch how Mosley and Williamson interact, considering they're both kind of at their heart, Mike linebackers. And now Williamson is sliding over to the will spot. You know, we mentioned him on the uh, first part of the countdown. He has some adjusting to do, uh, but Mosley is going to have some adjusting to do too. He's got to pick up a new system, working with Greg Williams, uh, you know, embed himself in a new culture, working with a new guy next to him. It's going to be fascinating to watch all season long. But, uh, you know, if you throw that kind of record-breaking contract at a guy, you have to expect 
huge things out of him right off the jump. Uh, and that obviously is a big reason why Mosley is at the top of this list. And at number three, as I said, another new arrival to the New York Jets, Le'Veon Bell, the multiple-time All-Pro, coming in here after a year off where he sat out and didn't sign the franchise tag with the Steelers. So there's a good and a bad to that. He's going to have less wear and tear on him, but he's going to have to shake off some rust. I would assume that if we knew for a fact that Le'Veon Bell was going to be the Le'Veon Bell of all, he would probably be number two on this list, but still, number three, a pretty high ranking for anybody. So talk to me about this one, Le'Veon Bell at number three. Yep, absolutely. And and like you said, I mean, this one can kind of go one of two ways. and It's not going to be a surprise to anyone here, but either this year off, is going to be great for Bell. He's going to be rejuvenated, reinvigorated, and he's going to get right back to where he left off, kind of at the top of the game. And, you know, he's talked about trying to remind people that he was one of the best running backs in the league when he walked away after 2017. Uh, if he can do that this year, then this Jets offense could, you know, frankly get scary pretty, pretty quick. I mean, that opens things up so much for everyone else around him if he is performing back at that Pro Bowl, All-Pro level. It takes a ton of weight off of Sam Darnold's shoulders, just knowing that, you know, first of all, you know, the Jets offense would be balanced for the first time in a little while here. Darnold really didn't have the luxury of a great running back last year, a great running game last year. He was often forced to kind of create something out of nothing uh, if the Jets were going to win games down the stretch. If you have Bell, you don't really have to worry about that. You know you can turn around, hand him the ball, and you're going to pick up yards. And when you drop back to pass, if no one's open, you can flip it to him, and he's going to make something happen that way too. So, you know, having that safety blanket and having some balance in the offense where uh, opposing defenses don't know if a run or a pass is coming at any given moment, that will go a long way for Sam Darnold. It will also go a long way for all of the other targets that he has around him. It'll be huge for Chris Herndon. It'll be huge for Quincy Inunua. It'll be huge for Robbie Anderson. It'll be huge for Jameson Crowder. And it'll be huge for everyone else on that field if Le'Veon Bell is the Le'Veon Bell of old. But if he's not, you could run into some issues. And, uh, you know, there's no guarantee here after a year off that Le'Veon Bell is just going to fall right back into place and get back where he was. You know, he's 27 now. He hasn't worn pads in a long time. Uh, you know, who knows how his body's going to react when he takes hits. Obviously, you would assume that he's going to be healed up. But, you know, what, what's it like? What's it feel like when your body gets crushed by another 250-pound man for the first time in you know, a year and a half, basically. It's going to be interesting to see how he just responds to all of these variables that we really haven't seen a player uh, have to deal with before. It's going to be fascinating to watch. Uh, and then there's also just the chance that, you know, as a 27-year-old running back, he doesn't recapture the same form that he had when he was 23, 24, 25. Uh, you know, that's a position where things can kind of start to slip away from you pretty quickly and you can you know go from elite to just another guy in a heartbeat so uh there's no guarantee that bell is going to be that all pro guy that the jets think they're getting getting uh and that's kind of where the fascination comes into play with bell but there's no doubt that if he is that guy he's going to have a massive impact on this jets defense and uh or this jets offense excuse me and so uh there's no denying his importance to this team going into the 2019 season and at number two is the guy who you believe is the most important player on the defense in 2019. 
He is also somebody that's going to be battling for a contract because his contract is up at the end of 2019. And so that means he'll either get franchise tagged or he'll go out on the free agent market. And he's going to want to have a big year with Quinn and Williams next to him. Now, you would imagine that there's a very good chance that everything starts to tick upwards. Michael Nanny and I have talked a lot about the fact that Leonard Williams has had historically bad luck when it comes to converting pressures to sacks. Perhaps with Quinton Williams here and with the Greg Williams defense, the third of the Williams that I'm talking about, because I said Greg Williams, Quinton Williams, Leonard Williams will indeed reach that potential that everybody thought he had when he was drafted at number six overall in 2015 and why he comes in at number two on your list. Yep, and exactly. You just touched on a lot of the reasons why he's number two there. You know, it kind of echoes a lot of the things that I think about Leonard Williams, but basically just imagine everyone out there for a second just imagine what this Jets defense could become if Leonard Williams starts to put up the kind of numbers that you expect out of a number six overall defensive end uh if he turns into that guy that is you know piling up some sacks and uh you know I'm not saying that he has to go out there and beat Demarcus Lawrence right off the bat but if he's going out there and picking up eight sacks nine sacks something like that maybe 10 sacks in a given year and he starts converting on a lot of those chances. Like you said, he's had some bad luck. He's had some fine seasons the last couple of years. By no means has Leonard Williams been a bad player over the last couple of years. He just hasn't been the guy that you would hope he would be given his pedigree and where he was drafted. Um, but he also hasn't had a lot of help up front. There's been no one else on the Jets defensive line to kind of take away some of the opposing offense's attention. So he's gotten a lot of double teams. He's had some team scheme against him. And uh, yeah, you know, truly great players would find a way to make some plays despite all of that. But, uh, you know, and Leonard didn't do enough over the last couple of years to probably make some of those plays. But now he's getting all of the help that, you know, he could hope for. He's got Quinn Williams next to him to kind of, you know, be a distraction, uh, take some of the pressure off him, allow him to get home a little bit more often, you would think. He's got a more aggressive defensive coordinator in Greg Williams, like you also mentioned, that should free him up to just, kind of go downhill and, you know, go nuts making plays and just get after the ball carrier as much as possible. And, and I just think that if Leonard Williams starts to produce at a level that, uh, you know, if he starts to produce at a high level, this Jets defense changes a ton. Uh, the pass rush has been a huge bugaboo for this team for a handful of years now. If he can start solving that problem this year, all of a sudden a lot of the other question marks we have about the Jets defense start to melt away a little bit. Uh, so I just think he is a, a massively pivotal player for this Jets defense. Uh, you know, if he manages to chip in with a bunch of sacks and a bunch of TFLs and is disruptive as he can be, all of a sudden Greg Williams could have a, a darn good uh, juggernaut defense on his hands. And if he doesn't, things could be pretty ugly for the Jets defense. So uh, I think he is a, a pivotal figure. Uh, he's going to be a guy where, you know, he's kind of a turning point like we've touched on with a few other guys. Uh, and that's why he checked in at number two for me. And at number one, this should surprise nobody. Of course, quarterback is the most important position. So at number one on the countdown is Luke Falk, the former third stringer for the Miami Dolphins, who was brought in here by Adam Gase, expecting some big things from him this year. Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. I read that wrong. It's Sam Darnold. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know. Really big surprise here. Uh, as much as I would have loved to have thrown everyone a curveball and, uh, you know, 
read the Twitter mentions after that. I think this one was pretty unavoidable. No one was going to be number one other than Sam Darnold. Uh, you know, more so than anyone else, he is going to be responsible for the success of this Jets offense. Um, you know, his weapons can be as dangerous as they want to be. Le'Veon Bell can be as much a safety blanket as he wants to be. But uh, if Sam Darnold goes out there and makes a bunch of bad decisions and forces a bunch of throws to the wrong targets at the wrong times and, you know, uh, goes out there and takes sacks and is turning the ball over, it's not going to matter a whole lot. But if he's smart, if he's decisive in the right kinds of ways, if he's able to locate the open guy and make good throws and kind of dissect the defense and, you know, do what we all think he is capable of doing and what he has shown flashes of, especially late in last season. Uh, if he keeps learning how to diagnose defenses, if he keeps uh, recognizing, you know, different uh, blitzes, if he keeps recognizing different coverages and learns how to pick them apart, this Jets offense, all of a sudden could be uh, a pretty formidable one if all of those other guys also fall into place. So, uh, you know, it's going to be really, really interesting to watch how he gels with Adam Gase, uh, how those two form a partnership, what their chemistry is like, how they go about attacking things, just how aggressive they are. Kind of all the talk about Gase is that he likes to run a pretty aggressive offense. He also likes to run an up-tempo offense. So it'll be fun to see how Sam, uh, adapt to that as well, but no beating around the bush here. Uh, no getting around this one. Sam Darnold was always going to be the top guy on this list. So, uh, you know, he's your number one most important Jack going into 2019. No question about it. And if he does anything close to what we're hoping for, as I've said many times, the Jets will be in contention in late December and have a realistic chance at making the playoffs. But a lot of it's going to depend on how the other players on Matt's list perform as well. It can't just be Darnold. So we're going to have to wait and see. And to that end, we will have one last final training camp preview that Matt will bring us. He's working on it right now for NJ.com, and he's going to have it for us next week on the podcast just before training camp gets going. Matt, can't wait to talk to you next week. But in the meantime, for anybody that wants to see what you and Daryl Slater are doing up at NJ.com. Why don't you go ahead and let them know what you've been working on. Yep. Uh, head on over to NJ.com slash Jets and uh, my Twitter account, M underscore Stipplekuski. That's S-T-Y-P-U-L-K-O-S-K-I. I'll warn you that the Twitter has been a little quiet in the summer here. Just, uh, you know, kind of taking a break from the computer as much as I can and enjoying the sun while I'm still allowed to see it. So, uh Don't expect too many tweets in the next week, but uh, it's going to be firing up really shortly here. Uh, You know, we're recording this on Wednesday afternoon, and this time next week, the Jets will be reporting for training camp, and next Thursday, they'll be showing up for their first practice of the the camp. So football is right around the corner, and uh, we're going to be there every step of the way to document it. So the next, you know, five, six months, whatever it is, there's going to be a whole blizzard of activity going on nj.com slash jets and also m underscore stipple on twitter so uh make sure you guys are following along appreciate you guys doing so and uh looking forward to you guys reading stuff me writing it and uh you know interacting all season long as the jets uh get going here go ahead and follow matt on twitter read him and daryl slater over at nj.com and for the latest and greatest in new york jets podcasts you know where to go let's turn on the jets digital and turn on the jets.com